I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 39. Where the best mortgage brokers get better. I Love Mortgage Brokering with your host, Scott Peckford. Hi, Broker Nation. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, Jared Dreher. Jared is a mortgage broker with Verico Dreher Group Mortgages. He's based out of Vancouver, been a broker for 22 years, and the Dreher family is a lot like the Sutter family to the NHL. And I'm absolutely stoked for this interview today. Jared, are you ready to rock? I'm ready to go. Thanks very much for that intro. Awesome. And can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your business? Absolutely. I mean, uh, my business has been, as you mentioned, I got licensed in April of 1992. And uh, from there, I was started out as just a straight independent broker until 2001, when I got my first assistant. And from there, I started into the team concept. And it came along with some of the coaching I was getting from uh, not only mentoring from my uh, dad, but also from a coaching program that I got involved in. And it showed me how to grow my team. And from there, we've grown out. And when Verico was started in 2005, uh, we started out with just myself and one other person. And we've now grown out to uh, having a team, a head office team of 18 brokers, and we have two sub-branches, um, and we have locations from Vancouver, Surrey, Abbotsford, Chilliwack, and our whole total team is about 24, 26 brokers now. And so how did you guys get into the mortgage business? Because no one usually starts as a child and says, hey, when I grow up, I want to be a mortgage broker. So what, where did you, how did you guys enter that? Very easily. My dad had owned a mortgage brokerage company back in 1991, and he was heavily involved in real estate at the same time, and he encouraged me to get involved in it. And at that point in time, it was a very infancy of the mortgage industry, per se, and um, not knowing what it is, um, did a, had a lot of conversation, took the course, and uh, we started working for a company which is called Mortgage Source. And Mortgage Source was a very successful company that uh, was actually part of the foundation of Invis when it was in 2000. And a lot of the good brokers like you've interviewed, such as Mike Lloyd, Faisal Panjwani, Garth Ellis, just to name a few, had all worked, we all worked together at that company prior to uh, the amalgamation with Invis. Hmm. So that's where like the the uh, training ground for the brokers back in the early, was that early 90s? Yeah, late, yeah, basically mid mid to late 90s. Mm-hmm. When it was basically it was a great training program until Invis was formed as sort of one of the original super brokers across Canada uh, in 2000, 2001. And before we dive into your story, I always like to ask about a success quote because I love quotes. I love how they take an idea and they distill it down into something that's portable and memorable and you can use it again and again. So can you share a quote that has really impacted your life or business? Absolutely. It, again, it was uh, given to me, to me, and not to keep going on about my dad, but he's been a huge influence in my life, but he was given to me when I first started business, and I'm staring at it still right now, and it's one of those desktop rocks, and it says, attitude is everything. That's an awesome quote. And uh, so, how, how have you applied that to your business? Can you give me an example of a way that you've applied that particular quote to your business? You know, I apply attitude every day, you know, and I think it's in basically in every part of your life, you know, you have to apply attitude. And, you know, because having a positive outlook on life is a choice, you know, my and that's my personal opinion. Um, you know, too many of us can have opportunities and we all face challenges and trials and the old tribulations and everything that goes on. But it's how you choose to look at it and what you choose to do with what comes at you. And that comes from strictly from your attitude. That's awesome. Uh, my actually, uh, dads are a great place for quotes. One of my dads, a quote from my dad that I have to share is a: uh, 
friends are better than money, which he always told me growing up. And yeah. uh, probably because we, we didn't really have any money. And so I just modified his to be friends are better than money, but friends with money are best. And that's kind of my <laughs> my take on my dad's uh, my dad's quote that he used to say all the time growing up. So that's an awesome quote, though. Attitude is really important in our business because it can be discouraging. You know, you things don't always work the way you want. And, and it's definitely gotten harder. I'm sure you probably would agree that it's not as easy uh, to you know as it was a few years ago. No, it's definitely, it's been a constant, you know, with all the rule changes, government intervention, right, you know, wrongly or rightly on certain products and uh, policies. It has made so that it's a tougher environment and, you know, clients have changed, the, the mortgage industry's changed. And, but the only thing that you can do is keep yourself constant. And if you can, I think, apply a good attitude and look at and be grateful for what you have, you know, and how good this industry really is, you're going to succeed at it. And I think that's one of the key things is you got to keep reminding yourself that. Mm-hmm. And actually, something you mentioned earlier about coaching. So you got coaching from your dad, but what, like, how important was coaching to helping you sort of get your feet under you and, and get you where you are today? Hugely. I, I joined um, a coaching program in 1999, and which I'm still a member of today. And it was integral of for me to... And what I used to do was go down, they used to have what is called main events, and I would travel down to U.S. cities at least twice a year and for three days and basically learn techniques of how to improve my business, how to work on my business versus working in it. And that's how we're, we're the foundation of building a team, of transitioning out to having your own brokerage, it all comes to a, like a process. And I think what a lot of the uh, people in our industry, we, I encourage basically brokers now, and if they haven't, is they need to do business plans and mm-hmm. spend the time to put a business plan together. And look at your, your business, even if you're a sole proprietor, look at your business and how you want to see it in five years and work backwards you know, and, and do that. I really encourage people to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually a guy the other day shared with me this principle of the maze. You remember as a kid getting those mazes, you have to try to find your way through them with a pencil and mm-hmm. a sheet of paper. And he said, you start at the end and work your way back. And I used to do that as a kid and yeah. it's always easier than trying to find your way through from the front. So it's no different with your business planning. You need to start at the end of the maze and work your way backwards and it'll make getting there much easier and less troublesome. I, I agree a hundred percent with you, Scott, on that. So an, another area that I find talking to successful mortgage brokers and entrepreneurs is that uh, failure is definitely part of the process, but failure is not fatal. And that an, anybody who sort of gets anywhere always looks, there's always a lesson in failure when they look back. So can you share an example of something that you'd failed at, but looking back, there was a lesson in it for you? Definitely. And I think, you know, failure is part of this, part of this journey, you know, so I think you have to accept failure and learn from the mistakes. And because I think you, know, you constantly have to try new strategies. And But I think what's important about if you're going to try a new strategy, which goes back to our original thing about the business plan, as you mentioned, the maze, figure out what the why is for you behind the strategy. You know, why do you want to implement the strategy? How is this going to help your business? And if you build that plan, I think you're going to have much more success if you understand the why behind the opportunity or strategy versus just going out and working it. And personally, I mean, we did uh, we did radio advertising in 2010 and we went full on it and we went in with the wrong intention, didn't execute a plan that we was going to be. And then, you know, ultimately it was not a successful thing. We finally got out of early enough and recognized it before spending an entire year long worth of money. So I think, you know, it's, you have to choose where you want to get your business from 
and you spend your resources on the areas that you think you're going to be successful and that you enjoy that are going to be successful. They're going to bring you the type of clients you want in your business. Right. So when you guys started this radio campaign, which I've, I tried that in the past, I did radio for a year. And when I, at the end of the year, I did the math on the cost of the radio and the money from all the loans that I'd done. And literally I'd broken even. So I thought I'm basically working for the radio station. So, um, so with you guys, so then when you looked at the radio program and it wasn't working, did you, what, so where did you guys decide to switch your focus? Well, as soon as, as soon as we did that, we switched our focus back into, um, you know, we've always been very focused on clients and partners, right? And what we tried to do at that point in time, we switched over back into actually helping our local community. And we had to put a reel back instead of spending the money. Because we tried to, we were, did a radio advertising actually with CKNW. So we were doing across the province and it was big expense, expense at the time. And we thought, you know what, we could t- take allocate this funds, help our local businesses and get more involved in the community. And it's going to create a better profile for us. Right. I, it seems to me too that the local broker is definitely, it's, it's strong to try to build your roots deep in a community. Like the online space is very crowded and, and, yeah. uh, it's a totally different business model. I'm not certain. You guys, is your business model like primarily local or is it uh, like, is it, is it both? It's everywhere. I mean, we got a combination. We have, it, we got, we do have internet presence. Absolutely. Right. And we do have internet strategies. I think you have to have internet strategies, but you have to be careful what you're going for in the internet. Right. And I think it comes back to if you're going to be the rate site internet, or are you going to be the information internet? You're going to be the expert internet, you know, and, you know, be strategic on what type of client you're looking for if you're going to go into that space. Right. And then again, like you were saying earlier, work backwards from it. So this is the type of yeah. client I want and then work back from, okay, how, where do they, where are they? How do I connect with them? What, what, are, what keeps them up at night? And yeah, and, and exactly. Because the same, the same great clients that you're going to get introduced from, they're the same people that do shop on the internet as well too. But, mm-hmm. you know, you want the clients that are going to be able to hopefully attract some loyalty and aren't drawn just to the interest rate. They're actually mm-hmm. going to do a little more diligence on than just looking at the rate. They're going to look, actually look into the company, look into your track record, look into your history. And they want to do business with you because of what you're saying, what your setup is with them when they call you. Right. I've also noticed, too, that speaking with successful mortgage brokers, they always have systems and processes, and you certainly can't scale or build a team without a system and a process. So can you share an example? And I love examples because they help everyone else learn. So can you share an example of a specific administrative process maybe that was either working, that wasn't working as well as you'd like, and the tweak you made and what the outcome was? For sure. And, you know, to me, I'm really about systems. And what we did is we have a detailed checklist that we created to have the – so every client – that goes through and we have their business defined into three different units, the before unit, during unit, and after unit for a transaction with our team. And we have these processes broken down so that basically this client gets the same experience no matter where they come from, no matter the size of the mortgage, you know, um, how they're introduced. They get the same experience in the before unit, get the same experience in the during unit, and they get the same thing after the experience. Mm -hmm. And what we try and do is model similar to a Starbucks is that you know when you go to Starbucks, no matter where it is in the world, it's going to be fairly consistent with the experience, with the cup of coffee, and the feeling when you walk inside of it. We try and systematize our business to do provide that to every mortgage client. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that actually, that that concept of the before, during, and after, and thinking about your business in those three parts so that you can break them down and systematize them, and that's fantastic. 
Yeah, you, you have to do that. You got to you got to view it as which stage the client's in, right? And then have a, the strategies laid out in those three stages. So in those three, the like so one of those those particular units. So can you give me an example mm-hmm. of something maybe that you've recently implemented in one of those units, like either as a result of market things or just so maybe something that you've been finding that's been working for you. What we did is when in our after unit of our business and and during our, and our during unit, what we do is obviously we always want to thank you know the referral source, thank the clients right for their for supporting us, mm-hmm. and what we would do beforehand, and this is prior after after we did the radio advertising, we reevaluated how we're going to look at our business and how we're going to spend our money, and what we did is we were buying gift cards to say to chain restaurants like let's use the keg as an example mm-hmm. right. And so buying $100 keg gift certificates, you know, but the keg doesn't refer me any business back. Right. So what we did, and same with Tim Hortons or um, Starbucks, you know, great places, but they don't actually aren't going out of the way to introduce clients to you. So we went out to our community and we partnered with businesses that are in the community. And what we did is we approached like a men's clothing store, ladies clothing store, car wash, local restaurants, kitchen stores, fitness training, interior design. And what we do is get letters from them or vouchers and then we'd mail those out or email those out to our clients and our referral sources. So that way they can go to the local business and support that local business. And in turn, that local business now is talking, becoming a raving fan of our company. Mm-hmm. So That's it's awesome. Kind of a win-win. You're helping the local business out, plus you're turning them into raving fans, which are going to introduce more clients to your business. Right. Versus, like you said, the keg or the big brand, the big uh, franchise that does has no idea who you are, and and there's no re- you're not building a relationship ultimately. In that case, you're building t- you're building a relationship with your client as well as the local business owner. So you're getting like double two for one, if you will. Exactly. Exactly. And mm-hmm. and you're building your community reputation. Right. So it's it's all good. It's definitely I've thought about that too because I've been using Starbucks cards and my wife actually recently said, "Why are you doing that? You should be picking like the local roastery that we go to every day that roasts their own coffee and they're locally owned." And I'm like, "Yeah, why am I doing that?" So Yeah, cuz they'll become advocates for you. Like that that's that's the thing. And we all have these businesses and there's a, a ton of them out there in every community. And they're the people that will they come in and they if you're bringing them business, they're going to tell everybody that comes into your client, "Hey, do you know mortgage? They're going to become referring you clients." Mm-hmm. You know, and no one in the big boxes, unfortunately, are going to start referring you clients. Right. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to my wife and I'm going to say, hey, I got this awesome idea from Jared. <laughs> and she's going to say to me, I, you do this all the time. I tell you something, you don't listen. Then a guy tells you and then you listen. So <laughs> anyways, I apologize. But I'll, no problem. Uh, That's great. <laughs> yeah. It, I just need to hear something more than once maybe. And um, so I will definitely be talking to my the local business instead of the Starbucks because I'd, ra- I'd rather support them anyway. Yeah, and you know, that's a key thing, Scott. There's lots of things that I've implemented, I heard probably 10 times before I actually put it into place. Mm-hmm. So don't, you know, from anyone listening today, don't get discouraged. You may, even if you heard that, you know, if you think it's a good idea, just implement it. You know, I think that's one of the key things is, you know, if I could say, just implement things, right? You know, try it out, you know, test it out for 90 to six, ninety days to six months, right? And see what the results are for you. Yes, for sure. So uh, uh, thanks. That That's great stuff. So I want to ask now about diversifying income. I noticed that talking to successful brokers, there's seems to be some brokers say, yes, you should diversify income, get share a wallet. Other brokers say, no, just focus on brokering. Yeah. I just want to know where you fell in that in there. And also, if you are diversifying, what area are you guys focusing on? 
Uh, we're focusing on life insurance. You know, we've uh, had a there's a new uh, broker uh, company, life insurance company called Brinko out, and Brinko has uh, basically been providing training uh, to our brokers and to our team, and on how to talk about life insurance because mm-hmm. you know that's the key thing is I think you know it's mandatory we have to offer life insurance, but no one's been training on how to actually talk to the client about life insurance. You know, right. and to be appropriate with it. So we've seen, you know, in the last uh, 90 days alone, we've seen our penetration go from 10%, you know, because let's see from a quote, up to 60%. What? Okay, what's the name of this company? It's called Brinko. Brinko. B-R-I-N-C-O. And are they like, what? so do you so pay them for the training? people to help you, right? So they got professionals that are out in the field, right? You know, they actually talk to you about, you know, different uh, insurance quotes, right? To give you, you know, to get, get your quote through the same system. And, you know, they, but they actually train you on how to talk to clients so mm-hmm. that you can, you know, you are comfortable. Because, of, and you know what the key thing is, is that it is, like I said, it's mandatory. But you know what, we, we got to have the same, look at it as we have to offer it. And if we become more skilled in it, just as we're skilled in the mortgage conversation, we look more professional. You know, mm-hmm. because we are talking to them about another financial product. And this is something that the banks do every day when they, they go into a branch, as you, we all know. Uh, you know, they, I think they got 80% penetration to the branches, mm-hmm. right? And they offer it. And for some reason, the broker community hasn't looked at this and said, this is a mandatory offering. We're not talking about life insurance in a professional manner and being a true financial resource to the client and viewed that way. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that just goes back to the whole importance of training in general. Like you, like mm-hmm. even when you started out with the coaching and in any yeah. area of your business, like we, I think sometimes we just get overconfident. I know that I do. I know I have in the past been like, you know, oh, I kind of have this figured out. But even from the, all these interviews I've been having, I'm like, man, there's a lot of stuff I still have to learn. You know, it's been really, it's been humbling for me, but um, it's also been exciting because now I, I know there's still more to it, right? Like I'm not, I haven't hit my, the ceiling yet on what I'm capable of. I would agree. I don't think any of us ever do. I think, it, you know, one of the key secrets you talk to anyone is lifelong learning, never stopping, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So how do you run? You got a, Obviously, you got your mortgage uh, brokerage. You're also involved with Verico. So how do you run that and uh, a family? Like, how do you balance those things? Two key words, delegation and time management, <laughs> you know, and uh, you got to build, if you're going to build, if you want to do other things, you, you know, if you want to build a team, you got to build the right team. And building the right team starts with personality first. You know, mm-hmm. you can train all the skill sets and run the systems, but if you don't have the right personality fit, and that comes from experience, um, you know, you you're not going to build the right team that's going to help you be successful because they want to be successful, right? And if they can help you, they're going to be successful themselves. And mm-hmm. you want someone who has that kind of mindset. And you know, I think also too, the key thing is you need to set key boundaries in your life and. You know what's important to you for your own well-being and stick to your boundaries, you know, and make sure that if Sunday night phone calls or Friday night phone calls don't work for you, don't answer the phone, you know, if you need that time for that. And it's going to be okay that that client or that deal or that referral source will be there the next morning for you. Right. No, that's awesome. That's great advice. So I'm going to switch to the rapid fire questions now. You can answer these with little shorter answers if you like. So what is the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? themselves and beliefs they have about that they can't be. And I fully believe the work ethic needs to increase for the mortgage broker. You know, Mm -hmm. we need to really work, you know, eight to 10 hours a day, five days a week. And I mean, work those hours. Right. And what one, what, what thing or habit has made you successful? Persistence and consistency. 
And do you have an internet resource or software program that you use to make your business more successful? Yeah, I use uh, Verico has their own program called BrokerBase, and we supplement that with a version of ACT. ACT, you said? Yeah, ACT. And if you could recommend a book for our listeners, what would it be? Um, I'd actually recommend three books, if that's all right, Scott. Okay, yeah, we got lots of space on the internet. I can put 30 if you can, <laughs> if you so can remember the three them. books I'd recommend for business, I'd recommend The E-Myth and Good to Great, and then for personally, The Four Agreements. The four, actually, somebody else told me about The Four Agreements the other day. I haven't, yeah. it's, it's a good one? Very good book for your personal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And where do you think our industry's headed? Where's the opportunity? I think right now, the first of all, the industry is in great shape. You know, I mean, I think the government has gone, intervened some some of the rules. I'd like to see get back, like extended amortizations for CMAC-insured mortgages. I think it's paramount that uh, the government looks at that program to, for uh, affordability. Um, but I think the industry where the opportunity lies is in uh, cross-selling. I b- really believe in cross-selling of insurance products and, and to become a professional resource to your clients. If you can get a deeper relationship with your client than just the mortgage product, it's less likely they're going to be wanting to just talk about interest rate with you. Right. That's awesome. And it, so here's one of my favorite questions. It's called the DeLorean question. Remember the movie Back to the yeah. Future? And uh, in the movie Back to the Future, you could travel in time. And so if I could put you in the DeLorean and send you back 22 years and you could meet with your younger self and you could give yourself three pieces of advice to have a bigger, better business today, what would you tell yourself? Find the best database system and to stay consistent and top of mind with your clients first. Mm-hmm. You know, um, absolutely. You want to build your database from client one, mm-hmm. you know, and your CRM system. Um, I'd also say read Emith and Good to Great in your first 30 days of your business. And I would start cross-selling every single client from day one. The, so that you'd say set up a database right away, stay yep. in touch with your clients, read the Emith and Good to Great. And then what was the third thing? Start cross-selling every single client from day one. Start cross-selling. Jared, I have totally enjoyed this interview. There's been awesome content in here, and I think anybody listening is going to be taking notes. So where can people find you online? Uh, They can find us at uh, dreyergroup.ca. And uh, are you guys hiring? Uh, Yes, quality people. Quality people. So if if you're listening to this, you can find links to Jared and everything that we talked about at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. I have absolutely loved this interview, and Jared, I hope you crush the rest of your year. Thank you very much, Scott. Really appreciate it. Where the best mortgage brokers get better. I love mortgage brokering with your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Have you joined our VIP club for mortgage brokers yet? If not, you're missing out. We share exclusive content not available on the web or the show. We share scripts, step-by-step guides, and other insider tips to help you save time and make you more money. I can't tell you how many times after I turn off the recorder, a guest starts sharing some awesome advice or a script or or a tip, and I take the best of this and share it with my VIPs. If you want to get on the list, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. That's ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. Oh, and one other thing. Since this is exclusively for mortgage brokers, there is a skill testing question. Good luck, and I hope you continue to rock your mortgage biz.